Hello and welcome to another episode of Dirty Dishes and today I'm going to talk about autism a little bit. Um, I've been wanting to touch on this subject off and on and it's one I really had to sit and think about and kind of figure out how I was going to present it and I had to write down some things and kind of run some thoughts through my mind and see if I felt like they were relevant or um, basically what I wanted was to be able to give parents or loved ones who have a child or someone in their life with autism um, a way to have a better understanding of the um, disorder Um, the ways that maybe you notice your child or someone you love having autism. And I also feel like it's important to talk about these things because as a parent, you're going to struggle. And before um, my stepdaughter was diagnosed, I probably mm, talked to a handful of people. I try to bounce different ideas. I try to figure out um, what was possibly going on. And I think it's really critical that we have these discussions and kind of give our feedback and our filter of what we see because I think there could be another parent struggling. There could be a grandparent struggling, um, a sibling, an aunt, an uncle, Um, grandparents, whoever. So I think it's really important that we have this conversation and um, I want to be as open as I possibly can about this because I think um, autism is still fairly new. It's still something that, um, you know, some people don't understand. It's something I'm trying to understand by no means. Am I a psychologist, doctor, um, anything related, um, medically, I'm just going to go off of what I saw and what I think, um, maybe other people might see, or if you're feeling that gut instinct, like something might be wrong with your child. Um, I want you to know that you're not alone in that thinking that you're not, um, crazy, that you're not overthinking things, that you're not overanalyzing. And there are times we can think that our child has a disorder and they really don't. Maybe they're just more defiant. Um, Maybe they're struggling with something going on at school. Um, Maybe there was a death of a grandparent or a loved one and they're struggling with that that can change um, their personality or their thinking. Um, Because these are all thoughts I had a little bit um, prior to um, the diagnosis of autism because I really just felt like something was wrong the past two years. But when I talked to other people, I even talked to other teachers, um, to try to get a better perspective on what was going on with my stepdaughter. And it was one of those things where it was, um, hit and miss if people thought she had a form of autism. Um, Some people said no. Some people said she was having a hard time adjusting after her grandmother died um, suddenly. So um, some people thought it was possibly the pandemic and to let her go back to school and to see if she improved then 
to see if she did better with things in school and some of the things that I was seeing. Um, so when she went back to school full time is when I really decided she needed to get tested. Um, for about two, two and a half years, I had wondered if something was going on because things weren't aligning and every kid meets milestones at different points in times. However, I really feel that there was something wrong, that there was something that was, um, I guess, gnawing at the back of my mind, like something wasn't right. And I think that's a parent instinct, a step parent instinct, um, just some kind of instinct that, you know, things weren't right. And I really had to sit back and think, do I want to bring this to the table? Um, with my husband, who is her father, um, obviously Lily's biological mother, um, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, oh my gosh, you know, how do I bring this to the forefront and make it sound like I'm not crazy, like I'm not digging too deep, I'm not overly analyzing um, this child because biologically they are not mine. Um, I think it could maybe be compared to a teacher thinking that there's something possibly wrong with a student and you don't know how to broach that subject or how to ask that child if they're okay maybe. Um, it, it was one of those things you had this gut feeling but you didn't know if the proof was necessarily there. Um, so one of the things that triggered this was that um, my stepdaughter actually ended up getting her period and it turned into a nightmare. And I don't mean in a way of, oh my God, she was super emotional, wouldn't calm down. No. Um, it was a situation where she actually was saying how she hated her period. She didn't want anything to do with it. Um, she also tried to refuse to wear pads or tampons or anything of that sort, um, like tampons if she wanted to go swimming. So it was very difficult for me, um, one, to understand what was going on because I remember being a girl and thinking, oh my God, I'm so excited. I got my period. This is the best thing ever. I'm now officially a woman. Let's throw a party. Um, she had the opposite response. She wanted nothing to do with it. Um, the other thing that I started to notice was that hygiene was at an all-time low. And I remember discussing it one time with a therapist friend. And I said, I just don't understand what's going on. Like, she doesn't want to bathe sometimes. Or she'll just stand in the shower and let the water hit her and not wash at all. Like, I don't know what's happening. And the therapist friend of mine actually said to me, well go into a room of sixth or seventh graders and they all smell. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's true. I think it might be slightly true for the boys, but I know from my, per again, I'm drawing on my own personal experience and my friends around me at that age, we all wanted to shower. We did not want to be a smelly person. We wanted to wear the lotions, the perfumes, this great smelling deodorants, you know, 
we wanted to do those things. So it was something that was really difficult for me to understand for a minute. Um, but I didn't, you know, I, I didn't come at my stepdaughter and yell at her for it. We sat her down, we had a discussion about it and we were like, you know, just, just help us understand, help us try to understand where you're coming from with this. And she just didn't like it. Um, so the other thing was that, um, she didn't ever want to tie her shoes. Now this may seem, yeah, again, not a big deal in the grand scheme of things, but as kids get older, typically they want different styles of shoes. Um, my stepdaughter always a fan of Skechers. I think Skechers are nice shoes, but she kept wanting the ones with Velcro. And something in me was like, wait a minute, like you're going to be 13 and you're, you're still asking for Velcro shoes. And, and, um, that was something that really also triggered me. Not that kids that are 13 can't have Velcro shoes. I'm not trying to downplay or, or say anything about children and their developmental delays or anything by that. Um, like that because my daughter is more than capable of tying her shoes. So it was one of those things that we were like, we don't understand. Um, so we told her, you know, as you get older, you know, Velcro shoes and that type of stuff go away. You know how to tie your shoes. And, and she's like, yes. Um, and it was one of those things where we were both kind of in shock by that comment um, again, these are slight, subtle things that maybe other parents or other people would think no big deal, but I think it's different when it's your own kid and you look at them and you know their capabilities and you understand their capabilities and you know where they're at mentally. Um, you know, I think back to a day also, we went to a friend's birthday party and all the kids were excited. It took place in a theater and all the girls were sitting together. And my daughter was at the end of the line of the girls and she's sitting there and all the other girls are talking and they're engaged in what's going on. And she's somewhat engaged, but she's not like the other kids at all. She was like, um, I compare it to, um, a observer in the park. Um, like I wouldn't call it bird watching. I'd call it more like probably people watching. So it was one of those things where I was like, she's just watching these other kids. Like she'd make comments and make people laugh occasionally. But as a parent, as knowing your child, she was like observing them too. Um, she had had periods where she was really quiet and she wouldn't say anything. And she had, was going through this thing too, where, and she even did it that day where she was like, well, I just want to sit with you guys. I just want to be with you guys. I don't want to be around anybody else. And that really started to happen in the past couple of years of not wanting to be around other people. Um, other people that she didn't know. Um, and 
I was like, okay, she hadn't acted that way prior. Um, she didn't act like this before. She was perfectly fine being with people. She was, um, fine with it. So that's the only word I can think of. And so it was interesting that this had started to happen. And, um, I just noticed that she wasn't interacting as much with other kids and it's, it started to go on for quite a while. Um, so flash forward with all these instances, instances that I gave you, I gave you things that I thought maybe you could relate to in your day to day life. Um, there's a lot of other things that played into going forward to finding a psychologist and getting her um, tested, which did come back as um, a form of autism. And I wanted to give parents a branch or a bridge that even with these little things I've talked about here, that some people would probably think this is no big deal that I was maybe overreacting as a step parent or I was reading too much into things. And trust me, that is something you do whenever you think um, that something's wrong with your child. You step back and you look at yourself in the mirror and you think, well, why am I thinking this? Why am I having this feeling? Why do I feel like something is up with my child? Am I wanting something to be up with my child? Am I, you know, having some kind of weird moment where I think something is wrong, but it's really not like you question yourself because it took us two years to get to this place to actually have her tested. So if that tells you anything about how long and hard I thought about this, how long and hard we discussed it, how we analyzed ourselves, analyzed the situations, um, analyzed her, like we were trying to put these pieces together. And I think that's why, um, you know, autism has the puzzle pieces because sometimes the pieces fit and sometimes they don't. And it's extremely difficult when you feel as though you're trying to understand your child and you can't relate to what they're doing and you think, okay, is it me? Is it them? You know, did something happen? Did something, you know, scare them off? You just don't know. So it's, it's one of those things where you just really question yourself. And eventually she was diagnosed with a form of autism. And there's times that she is extremely... Um, defiant in things or she doesn't understand things um she has some sensory issues um so there's things that go into this and I think my biggest takeaway from all this is that I want people to understand that if you think that something is wrong with your child or your stepchild or a loved one that you shouldn't be afraid to speak up in some situations, you know, do it tactfully. Um, when I had to bring this up to my husband and, um, uh, my stepdaughter's mother, it was a hard thing to bring up. It was hard to say, this is what I think is going on. This is what I think is happening. I've read online. I've done some research 
you know, I'm not trying to be, um, a doctor based on what Google tells me. I'm trying to understand better why I'm seeing certain patterns, why we're seeing certain things. And it's even tougher sometimes when you're seeing it and maybe the other parent isn't seeing it or another loved one isn't seeing it. Um, I want you to say, to understand, to trust yourself. If you think something is wrong, don't be afraid to look into it. Don't be afraid to dive deep and look up the information, find the information, find um, what you're looking for. And if you can't find what you're looking for and you still think something isn't right, don't be scared to go to the pediatrician. Don't be scared to talk it through with a good friend or a teacher friend or a social worker at the school, maybe. Um, don't be afraid to pull your resources and figure out what is going on and trying to pinpoint that because I believe as parents, step parents, as somebody who love and care for children, that our instinct isn't always wrong. I'm not going to say it's right every time either, but I think we know our children better. Like we know what is going on with them, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's at home, whether it's at a party, we see things that other people don't see. And when the autism diagnosis came out, it was a relief and it was another like pinpointed thing that we could look at and go, okay, where do we go from here? We could take this pin and, you know, put, <laughs> like, I'm trying to think the right word. I use the word pin and I don't know where to go with it now. Um, so we pin something down and then we could pin something else down. We could keep moving along this trail and, and figure out what is going on. What do we need to do next? Um, and, and see if those things work because children with autism, not everything works the same. Not, you can't take one kid and say, okay, that worked for them. So it's going to work for all these other children because every child is different. Every child has a different need. Every child has a different level of autism. Um, it, it's been an interesting journey the past few months. Um, it's different, um, now that we have a better understanding of what's going on, it's different now that um, we can pinpoint some things and say, okay, where do we go from here? What do we need to do? What are our next steps? Um, it's also eye-opening at the same time because there are certain things that she does not understand. And you do have to break it down differently. Um, if she doesn't understand something or understand why, um, we have to take extra time to explain things to her. You have worries as a parent, as a step parent, or as somebody who loves a child that you want their life to be pretty carefree and easy breezy. You want them to learn the lessons in life, but you don't want them to have to fight so hard, if that makes sense. And this is a situation where there are days that she has to fight really hard to understand things when she has to overcome some big obstacles and we have to sit her down and have really hard conversations sometimes. And it's one of those things that 
I want people to understand that these children are made up of all different pieces and some of the things that she sees in this world and that she understands is amazing. And there's going to be times when there's frustration, when there's confusion, but I want people to trust their instincts as far as their children go, as far as their stepchildren or their grandchildren or whatever type of child situation you're in. I want people to know that there is really um, something to be said for following your instincts and looking, stepping back and looking at the picture as a whole. Um, there's so many different um, avenues now for autism to follow up, read about it, understand it. Um, like I said, there's still things I don't understand. There's still things I probably won't understand. Um, but I wanted to encourage parents or people to look at their child as a whole if they think something's wrong or if they're second guessing themselves or if they feel like, oh, well, everybody's diagnosed with autism nowadays. Yeah, it can feel that way, but it's really not that way. Um, I think that's a common misconception. I think there's a lot of, um, people who will say, oh, kids are diagnosed with so many different ailments nowadays. Well, technology changes, medicine changes, um, nothing has really stayed the same. So I think there's more awareness. There's more understanding of different disorders. And with Lily having, um, autism, it's very eye-opening. It's very, um, this is really what is happening with her and that, I was right about something and I'm glad I kept at it and I'm glad I pursued and tried to figure out what was really going on um, because developmental milestones were, weren't being met. She was kind of going backwards in some of her milestones um, in life and every kid is different and every kid takes their own time. Um, with development and growth and, um, but you know, your kid at the end of the day, you know what they're capable of, you know, where, um, their thinking may lie. And that's something that, you know, sometimes professionals and therapists and doctors don't always know. And that's where we advocate. We say, I think something's not right. You know, we, We try to understand, we try to do the best that we can um, to help our kids and to move forward and to make sure that um, they understand themselves and that we understand them and that we can help them through situations if they're struggling. And I think that's the biggest piece to take away from all this that, you know, you understand your child the best at the end of the day. And... If you think that something isn't right and you feel like something in your gut isn't right, there's nothing wrong with doing your homework. There's nothing wrong with doing your research. There's nothing wrong with talking to a friend, a family member, a professional, and and making the point that, hey, this is what I'm seeing and I think something's incorrect. I think something might be wrong. You know, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if your child maybe needs to be held back a year. It doesn't matter if maybe they need extra tutoring. It doesn't matter. If you feel that something isn't right, it can be something as simple as needing some extra help with math homework. It could be something as simple as reading an extra book during the summer. It's, 
If we can help our kids and advocate in that way, I am all for that. I am 100% down to sit there and say, I think something is wrong. I don't think it's right. Um, I think that sometimes we get caught up in, oh my gosh, what if? Or we think, you know, I'm overanalyzing the situation and I did that plenty. You know, like I said, it took two years to get to this point and figure out what needed to happen. So I just wanted to do this podcast today and I appreciate you sticking with me even though my nose has been severely clogged up this morning I probably sound like I am talking through a tunnel or whatever um, but it's spring and allergies are just not my friend right now um, but I made it through the prod- podcast so yay me um, but anyways I definitely wanted to talk about this subject and I'll probably touch on it again Um, because I think it's important. I think it's important to be an asset and an ally to our kids and to try to have a better understanding of differences in general. So if you're struggling with this at all, um, you're not alone in your thinking. You're not crazy. You know your child the best at the end of the day. And, And I think if you want to pursue something or you feel that something's wrong, I say move forward and do your homework and use that as a jumping off point.